Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerd, Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going well. We have no Matt O'Hara today. Matt is out sick. Uh, so he is at home, and uh, we'll have him back next week, hopefully after uh, we're talking some week one results, what Oof. we learned, dynasty Oof. fantasy football-wise. Yes. Let's yes, get through the you. season. It's upon us today, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, because uh, the show comes out on Wednesday. There's actual NFL football. we got the Bucks on there, uh, 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 Cowboys. I'm excited. A lot, lot of things going on this year. A lot of, lot of bold things that can happen, which brings us into this today's show. We're doing bold predictions, a double episode, this episode and the Nerd Herd episode. So if you think these predictions are bold, wait till you hear the next bolder episode. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm excited. Uh, th- these are usually wild. These are not for accuracy. These are for... Wow, let me bust out my very cloudy crystal balls and look at it from a very optimistic standpoint and tell you things that I am optimistically think are going to happen in the 2021 season, such as the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. How bold is that? I mean, I think it really comes down to more, not even what we think will happen, but more just what we want to happen. Like, I I want this to be true, so I'm going to make it a bold prediction. Okay, if we do it, let's say if we want this to be true or not. Okay. So before we get into our hot, bold predictions, let me tell you about one of our new friends at Thrive Fantasy. You can come in right now, come prop up on the Thrive Fantasy this football season with our friends at Thrive Fantasy. It's a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. You heard me right, player props. And what you're going to do on Thrive Fantasy is out of 20 players, they're going to give you 20 different props for these fantasy football players. And you just have to pick the 10 props that you like the most. This is going to give you an opportunity to win a lot of cash and a lot of prizes. And right now, Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1 and has already awarded over $4 million. And this could, some of that cash or that $4 million can be in your pocket if you're good at saying, is he going to have more than 10 touchdowns or less than touchdowns on the year? Is he going to have more than 100 receiving yards in this game or less than 100 receiving yards in this game? And who am I talking about? What player? you got to get on Thrive Fantasy right now and check it out. And right now, Thrive featured 100,000 guaranteed contest. is $20 to enter, and first pay- place takes home $20,000. And all you got to do is use that promo code NERDS when you sign up today, and you're going to receive 100% instant First deposit match up to $100. That means if you put $100 in, you instantly have $200 to go gamble with. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Use that promo code NERDS to get on the action. I'm in it. Garrett's in it. Jared's in it. We're in this first week contest. I deposited my 20 bucks, free 20 bucks because they gave you me free money. some of these props? What are some of the props? What do you got? Got me? Got a couple? So, uh, yeah, Tua over under two hundred forty point five pass yards. Who are they playing? They're playing New England. Under under. I went with the under as well. And then we got Odell over under eight and a half total receptions. Over. I'm gonna say under. I said under. Over. 
And I got Nine one more catches for, for 185 yards and 85 touchdowns. <laughs> so total rush yards for Christian McCaffrey versus the Jets, 71.5 over under. Over. Ooh. Over. I said over two. Look, it's that simple of a game. What there do you think? Go. Get on Thrive Fantasy right now. Put that promo code in nerds. And you, you can, if you're right, you win some cash. It's that simple. Check it out today. Garrett, are you ready to get bold? <laughs> I'm ready are to get, get predictive? so bold. Yeah, it's like they have prediction strike and then they have prediction rich. And that's where I'm at right now. And my first bold prediction out the gate is that Clyde Edwards Alaire will finish as a top four PPR running back. Ooh. That's right. Top four. He'll have so many yards. He won't know what to do with all those milkshakes in him. He'll have so many catches. He's probably going to get his own fishing show because I predict that he is going to have a monster year boldly. I'm boldly predicting here because <laughs> right now when we look at the Andy Reid offense, Andy Reid is historically known for producing high end running backs, right? They have a better offensive line this year and Clyde Edwards-Lair is actually coming off. Some people might think he had a disappointing rookie year. He had a very solid rookie year last year. Finished as a top 24 fantasy football running back. 1,100 total yards from scrimmage. Five touchdowns in his 13 games he played. And the big stat here is he caught 36 of his 50 targets for 297 yards in a touchdown, which I expect that to go up pretty significantly. And we look back at the history of Andy Reid, Brian Westbrook from 2003 to 2009. Brian Westbrook's first year in PPR leagues, he finished his wide running back number 19. Kind of close to like Clyde Edwards that did there as running back 21. And we remember they brought in Le'Veon Bell. And right at the time, going into it, before they brought in Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Lair had more touches than anybody in the league besides Zeke Elliott, Derrick Henry, and Joe Mixon. So Clyde Edwards-Lair was a feature back till they brought him in. Now, after Brian Westbrook's first year in his system at running back 19, he finishes running back five, running back seven, running back four, running back one, running back one, and then he got old and finishes running back 36. But hey, we all get older every single day, so this isn't a calamity. And then after Brian Westbrook, he had LaShawn McCoy for 2010 to 2012, running back three, running back three, running back eight. Then he had Jamal Charles running back from 2013 to 2015, running back seven, running back one, running back two. They had Spencer Ware, but even Spencer Ware in 2016 was running back 17. Then he had Kareem Hunt, 2017 to 2018, running back five, running back number eight. So what I'm trying to say is you're going to get a high-end running back in Andy Reid's offense, and you can sit here and throw those names out there. Well, that's Kareem Hunt. That's Jamal Charles. That's LaShawn McCoy. That's Brian Westbrook. <coughs> yeah, well, this is first-round pick Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who coming out of the draft, you could argue, was one of the best pass-catching backs in that class. And they just didn't utilize him that much last year. And he didn't really score a lot of touchdowns. So what I'm predicting, and very boldly, is that Clyde edwards Lair is going to have all this come together. He's going to be fantastic. He's going to be a f- top five fantasy football running back. And you're going to think you're lucky stars that you listen to this show and you boldly went where no fantasy player went before. And you traded heat for Clyde edwards Lair. You put him in your pocket, get a little hot, like a little hot pocket. You know, those are tasty on a good school day. And you're going to finish with a fantasy, Dynasty Fantasy Football Championship. How hot is that? How bold is that prediction? That's a pretty bold. If I'm if I'm gonna do a do a one out of ten scale, I'm gonna say that's a, I'm gonna say that's an eight. I'm gonna say eight? that's an eight. The only a reason 10? I'm not going ten is because yeah. freaking David Montgomery finished as running back four last year. Like mm-hmm. guys, it's possible for guys to come out of nowhere, make it happen. It's really gonna come down to the receiving volume, I think. 
if he can get the receiving volume, there's an outside shot of what happened. Am I willing to put inside real shot. money inside on it? Shot. Inside shot. Inside shot. Am I willing to put money on it? Heck no. I but would. there's a chance. Where's that prop? Where's that uh, Thrive Fantasy prop for that? Over under top five. Get a action on it. Yeah, I, I, and that, that's the biggest argument. Like, hey, David Montgomery can finish his running back four. <laughs> Clyde Edwards, Alaric can. Well, anybody can do it. Yeah, I, I do. I, I believe Clyde Edwards Alaric have a fantastic year. And if I'm going to go bold, I'm saying top four. Garrett, hit me with something bold. Hit me with something Ooh. spicy. That was, that was a really bold one to start off here. Uh, I almost feel like I want to skip my first one to go to a bolder one just to compete. But we'll, we'll stay in order here. My first bold prediction for the 2021 season is that both CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are wide receiver ones. Now, we've seen a lot of offenses before have multiple wide receiver ones in the same offense. We've seen it in the past with Green Bay where they had guys like Jordy Nelson and and Randall Cobb. We saw it with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. I think this is the next iteration of of a team having two wide receiver ones. That team's passing offense is absolutely wild. Last season, in the four games before Dak's injury, Amari Cooper was the wide receiver one in fantasy football. I don't think a lot of people realize how well he was playing to start the year. He was the wide receiver one overall. And CeeDee Lamb wasn't too far outside of wide receiver one contention too. As a rookie, he was at wide receiver 16 at that point. So, I think that there's a very real chance. I don't even know that this is, is spicy enough, but I think both Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are wide receiver ones this season. I get that on a spicy scale, a two. A two? Yeah, it's not Damn. even really a pepper. It's like one of those pepper candies. It looks like a pepper, and then you eat it. Like, ooh, that's sweet. <laughs> Maybe a one. Maybe a one. Maybe a one? No, you can't move bold. it down. I mean, it's bold, but like in non-bold letters. Like It's like you're about to hit command right. B. But right now it's just italic. <laughs> oh man, I, I agree. So I, I have no comment. I agree. I think. Okay. All right. How <laughs> to predict the same thing? I'm boldly going. He's, with he said, going. "I actually put that. I statted him out that way." So I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> why, why we're getting all up in arms about this? Uh, no, right. I, I actually. It's funny because Amari Cooper was the more productive receiver last year. But I think most people probably have them flipped at this point. I think more people would probably project CeeDee Lamb as a wide receiver one, maybe more so than Amari Cooper. I think I think he's still going I think the target's gonna be pretty darn even for both of those guys. I think it's really Gallup that might be the one lagging behind a little bit uh of the three receivers. But I, I wouldn't be shocked to see both of those guys get 130, 140 targets easily. It's a it's a dynasty factor of it. It's a younger receiver you know see lamb's name's hotter because he's a young receiver and you're right amari cooper uh was doing better than see lamb in that offense last year to be fair see lamb came in as a rookie in a covid rookie, season yep. so you can't really hold against him then you have all these highlight tapes of see lamb dominating practices where amari cooper was not a part of um so i mean it's just a hot name I, i'm with you i think amari cooper in redraft has been an absolute steal out of all these redraft leagues I've been doing, uh, I've been I've been getting Amari Cooper in every single one of them as my second wide receiver in like the fifth round. It, to me, that's tremendous value when you get a wide receiver one where everybody else is reaching. Uh, so I like it, Gary. I think I think it's I think it's a very strong take uh, that I have literally no argument to get against. I want both of them. I think Amari Cooper does hold some value uh, as there's so, there's some small dip there on his values. Amari Cooper has been in that realm of like 
you know, hey, nobody like everybody likes Amari Cooper, but nobody really Loves wants to Amari buy yeah. Amari Cooper. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you could you could honestly make the argument that he's like the not as well known Robert Woods. Like everybody knows Robert Woods is undervalued. I just don't think people realize that Amari Cooper is undervalued because he tends to produce year in year out, but he just had that weird stint for a little bit in his last year with the Raiders, where I think it's thrown everybody off. But outside of that season. He has been incredibly productive. Still really young, still very talented route runner, still has really good hands, still has good size. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Let's move on to our third bold prediction, shall right. we? Hit me. My next bold prediction is Antonio Brown will lead all of the Bucks wide receivers in fancy points in 2021. Uh, yeah, I mean, Antonio Brown is somebody who didn't even sign with the Bucks until week seven of last year. And that's after only playing like one game in 2019 when they did play, they played, uh, I believe if you include the playoffs, they played in 11 games together. Total. This is the target share amongst them. Chris Godwin got 78 targets. Mike Evans got 77 targets. Antonio Brown got 76 targets, uh, in those numbers. And listen, he finished last year. He was, he was wide receiver. Uh, Tony Brown was wide receiver 18 in PPR leagues from weeks 10 to 17 last year. So he was still very, very productive. You got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin, who just this week, he, he didn't really practice today. No one's going on there. But during that time, even from 10 to 17, where he was wide receiver 18, Mike Evans was wide receiver 10, Chris Godwin was wide receiver 15, and then he was wide receiver 18. So we had a little Pittsburgh Steelers action going on there with Claypool, like kind of how they were kind of fooling out there. So for me, you know, how, how is this ball going to get moved around? Mike Evans is the outside receiver. Chris Godwin's just overly talented altogether. I think Antonio Brown is going to come in here and have one last hurrah. And it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he's going to outproduce from a fantasy football perspective these these other wide receivers. Obviously, Mike Evans' big numbers last year came off the touchdowns. I think Antonio Brown, who's looking really good in camp so far, is going to increase his touchdown total, take some of that away from Mike Evans, and they have a couple more big plays than he did. Because remember, he was he was a year and a half removed, essentially, from the game when he came in last year. I think another year in this offense, the go along with Tom Brady, who's already had a little bit of a rapport with, I think Antonio Brown comes in and he's the number one fantasy football weapon for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the 2021 season. How hot is that take? That's Aaron a pretty Price. hot one as well. I don't think it's quite as hot as the CEH one, so I'll give it like a six and a half. Okay, uh, okay. But it's still a very hot take. We're talking about two alpha wide receivers that are established on this team. Everybody knows who they are. And I think everyone's been concerned about just the mental state of Antonio Brown more so than anything. Like, can he... Can he be okay enough to play an entire season, to be okay through an entire offseason? So far, it looks like that's the case. And Bruce Arians even came out today and said he looks like the Antonio Brown from four or five seasons ago. And if that's the case, he was the, the number one wide receiver in fantasy football at that point. So if that's true, then this could absolutely be possible. Uh, I I still think that the other two receivers at this point in the career, they're a little bit younger, uh, a little more, uh, probably still, I don't know about Mike Evans, but Chris Godwin's a little more athletic. So it'll be interesting. I don't know that I would project it that way, but I can absolutely see a scenario where Tom Brady just falls in love with what Antonio Brown's doing, and uh, they're just making business decisions out there. Pull it going where no dynasty, dynasty analyst has gone before. 
All right. out names left and right, being bold. Garrett, this one's a little more bold. This one's a little more bold. I don't know if you're ready for I'm this ready one, for Rich. It. I hope I'm ready for it. Darren Waller outscores Travis Kelsey and is now the number one scoring tight end in fantasy football. How hot is that? That's like a four and a half, five. Okay. We're trending in the right direction. We're, we're, we're going up. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's Travis Kelsey is so dominant. It, I, I see where the boldness comes in, but I thought I did think about, I was like, man, I was like, Kelsey's been pretty healthy these last couple of years. He's getting a little older. I was like, yeah. could this be like a year where it gets a little bit more banged? Obviously you can't predict injuries, but like, is this finally the year? Like how can somebody be tight end one six year in a row? It's, you know, like, it's even, wild. It's, how is it even possible? I was like, so I was like, where can I go bold at tight end over overtaking Kelsey? And I was like, well, if I'd pick Waller like you did, that's not too bold. You know, it's yeah. like he's not. It's like they're both. It's like I have a pit bull. You have a Rottweiler. We both have some two really tough dogs. Right. You know what I mean, it's like they're still the same species. So, so here's my reasoning. Here's my reasoning bold. as to why I think this could potentially happen in a perfect world. Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller were the two most heavily targeted tight ends last season. Travis Kelsey. Uh, averaged 9.7 targets per game, whereas Dalen, Darren Waller was at 9.1. So both over nine targets a game. No other tight end even got over eight. So they were far and away above everybody else in that echelon. We still don't have any established pass catchers at this point. And in Oakland, we think that Brian Edwards is going to get Las there. Vegas. We think that Henry Ruggs is going to get there, but we don't have anybody established there. But the reason they were so different last year, like I said, 9.7 and 9.1 targets per game. But Darren Waller actually had two more receptions than than Travis Kelsey did. So he was actually the leader in receptions. The biggest difference between the two, what's that? I was putting out the number 11. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were pausing. I was like, pause. No, that's, oh. that's, that's the size of my nipple. <laughs> the biggest difference between the two of them was actually there were there was two more touchdown catches, but even even more so was the yards per reception, and I think that's where uh, Travis Kelsey could lose some ground potentially to Darren Waller. Last year, Travis Kelsey averaged thirteen point five yards per catch. That was the highest in his entire career. He's never had that many yards per catch. Thirteen point five. Darren Waller conversely actually had. Uh, since he's been the main tight end in, in uh, Las Vegas there, actually had his lowest at only 11.2. However, the season before, they both averaged 12.7 yards per catch. If they both get back to the same point where they're averaging roughly the same yards per catch, and I think that could happen if guys like Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs emerge, then I think we get to the point where Waller could absolutely overthrow Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and your boldness carries right over to my boldness because how does Clyde Edwards-Alaire catch so many more footballs? He steals them from Travis Kelsey. That's right. Which then Give puts hells Darren Waller into tight end one overall. That's how it happens. That is Easy how it happens. Easy money. Easy money. No, I like it. I give, a, I give it a solid 5.5 on the bold scale. Yes, I'm moving I mean, up. came in here and said, hey, TJ Hawkinson's going to be tight end number one overall, which is where I thought about coming in to be super bold. Uh, <laughs> I thought about it too, actually, but it I was, was like, too bold. Oh, I give that an 8.8, .8, you know, <laughs> but I give this one a 5.5. 8.8 because of his number? Isn't he 88? I don't know. I think, I think TJ Hawkinson's 88. Sounds right. Jared, you know look what? it up. I'm, I was just say, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. 
I'll, just, I'll nonchalantly disagree like I'm super knowledgeable about things. You like, just oh, look yeah, me yeah. up. What do you want me to look up? <laughs> what number is TJ Hawkinson? Is he number 88? Yeah. I don't even have to look <laughs> He doesn't up. even Come know. On, he doesn't know. Don't even have to look up. Come on, it's Hawkinson. All right, my next guy here is Marquez Callaway will finish as a top 20 PPR fantasy football receiver. I think he's going to finish with a line somewhere right around 80 receptions, 1,100 yards, and seven touchdowns. Yes, the undrafted rookie out of Tennessee right now has shown a really good rapport with Jameis Winston. He's made some fantastic circus catches in the end zone, one-handed even, and he tracks the ball really, really well. We have no Michael Thomas for the first six weeks and maybe even longer. Adam Troutman's uh, banged up. They cut Latavius Murray. They have... They have Traquan Smith, who's pretty much just a go receiver at this point of his career. He hasn't shown anything whatsoever from a route running standpoint. Even coming to UCF, that wasn't really his repertoire. Uh, that he he did really well. So to me, on a team with Jameis Winston with his big arm and and a Sean Payton offense, somebody's had to be the benefactor here and produce at, at a, a solid level at the receiver position. And to me, Marcus Callaway is the clear-cut choice. And a lot of people might be hesitant and get in on this bandwagon, but not me. I think he's going to come in here. I think he's going to produce. I think anytime the team falls behind, he's going to step up and be their go-to receiver. As the number one receiver in a Sean Payne offense, I believe you can give me a top 20 PPR finish, and that's exactly what Marquez Callaway is going to do. Top 20, that's my low end. If he was like wide receiver 13, 14, I wouldn't be too shocked. It all comes down to the touchdowns wow. and how many touchdowns is Jameis going to sling to him. I feel like it's going to be closer to that 8, 9, 10 range. I, I have him down to 7. So the 80 receptions, 1,100 yards, and 7 touchdowns, that's right around what Terry McLaurin did last year. So Marquez Callaway coming into the hype that Terry McLaurin came in with the, uh, that, that kind of performance. And soon soon be saying, hey, why are we paying Michael Thomas all this money when we got Marquez Callaway? Bye, Felicia. And Marquez Callaway establishes himself as a young dynasty fantasy football asset. Bold. How bold is that one? That's pretty bold, Rich. That's pretty Ooh, bold. Uh, I'm here with just boldness. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be as bold as possible. Yeah, that's 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 pushing your CEH take. I'm going to have to think about which one's, which one's more bold, but it's definitely up there. Here's here's why it's so bold. We're talking about an undrafted wide receiver that is it's not even his rookie year, it's his second year, so he didn't really produce much as a rookie. We saw glimpses. But it wasn't like he came out right away guns blazing. We we're like, "Oh, this guy's a stud." So, yeah. I mean, for, for an undrafted guy to come out and do that and I don't know. I don't think I can bold. go. That's that's really bold. That's really bold. bold. I want to put Jameis Winston here too because I think Jameis Winston is going to finish as a solid uh, fancy. Well, not too solid, but a QB too. And I, I, yeah. it just it comes down to uh, the the solid running game and Jameis Winston's arm. I, I just think it really fits Marquez Callaway really well. I think he's going to finish right around like where Brandon Cooks finishes, if not better, which is going to be top twenty. So take that, nerds. Bold. It's bold. All right. I'm going to go with my, uh, what would this be, my third third one here? This is your third. My third one here, the Moors have more. I even gave it a title for mine, this one here. <laughs> the Moors have more. Elijah and Rondale Moore have more total yards this season than Chase and De- Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith. Bold? Wow. 
Pretty bold. Wait, no. No, not bold at all. Because I, I think Jamar <laughs> not Chase bold is at all. <laughs> no, no, only because I... I only uh, If you say Devontae Smith, I'll take that as bold. But I think Jamar Chase has a dud year. Really? Okay. Yeah, I just think he. I think he's going to take a while. Uh, like, uh, and this has nothing against Chase. I think it's just it falls into the category of you know Chase. We we thought Chase at times played a little soft at LSU, and the fact that he hasn't played football in well over a year, uh, and, and, and had to get report back. I think, I think that's just going to take time for Chase to get back in the swing of things. And I think by the time he does, it will be too late for all fantasy football. Production. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think, I think Elijah Moore comes out swinging. I have a, I have a, a hot take about the Jets team. Uh, I think Devontae Smith is really good. So that's where the boldness comes in. Jamar Chase doesn't, like, that's not bold. Like, I think, I think Tyler Boyd's have more fancy points than Jamar Chase. Is that bold? Maybe a little bit. But okay. yeah, so par, part of this too bold. was you talked about Elijah, you talked about uh, Jamar Chase. I, I, I'm a believer in Rondell Moore. Uh, I really liked what I saw. In the preseason from Rondell Moore, I think they're going to use him all over the field. They're going to use him on on gadget plays, but they're going to use him as a true receiver as well. And I think especially on a lot of those scramble plays where Kyler Murray's just trying to find somebody, Rondell's the kind of guy that can get open real quick underneath and then make a big play out of nowhere. So I really like Elijah Elijah Moore. I really like Rondell Moore. And I, I do have some of the same concerns. I'm not quite as down on Jamar Chase as you are. But I do have some of those same concerns. And and Devonta Smith, as much as I loved his tape, and, and I think that he could still absolutely be the top receiver in this class, he didn't come out of the gate swinging. You know, he was banged up. Things have started kind of slow. We don't really know how this offense is going to work in Philadelphia. So it could be an offense that's like a little bit of a slower start. Same thing with Baltimore or uh, the Bengals. Could be an offense with a little bit of a slower start because of Joe Burrow coming back. I don't think... I, the Arizona Cardinals, I have no doubt that their offense is going to come out guns blazing. Uh, and, and the Jets very well could, could too. We'll see what happens with Zach Wilson. There's always excitement about young quarterbacks. We'll see how that goes. I think that that's a little bit more of a question mark. But the combination of total yards for Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore will exceed that of Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith. Yeah, I'll take that because I think I think Chase is what holds them back again. And again, this is not a slam on Chase. I so I don't think Chase is gonna have a good twenty twenty one season. That's all. Yeah, that's what it boils down. That to. That makes sense. Uh, well, before you one big catch all preseason. Before you get into your uh, your next hot take here, I do want to talk about our guys that I've been talking about all season long over at PredictionStrike.com. Yes, that's right. Our friends at PredictionStrike.com, they are back here again. Maybe uh, some of these these bold predictions, some of these hot takes that we have, maybe stick one or two of those in your pocket and say, you know what, I'm going to go over on PredictionStrike.com and uh, get a couple shares of this player uh, so that way I can cash in because I think Garrett and Rich are geniuses and these bold predictions will not fail. And if you want to do that, go over to PredictionStrike.com. We will give you the promo code DYNASTY for you to punch in, and you will receive a free share of a player with your first deposit of $20 or more. That's right, a free share of a player with the promo code DYNASTY and your first deposit of $20 or more over at PredictionStrike.com. Yeah, I love all our advertising partners because this is great because they all give us an opportunity to make money. Do you want me to... So, Garrett. Yes. Out of your... uh, your last hot take there. Yeah. Rondale Moore is cheaper than Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, 
and Elijah Moore right now. Okay. On prediction strike. The Rondale's He's, the cheapest. Uh, about yeah, three dollars sixty four cents. So Okay, that's still that's still a good amount for him. But I would I mean I'd buy a couple shares. I I think Let's see if uh Marquez Callaway went up at all. Let me check on him. Yeah, look at look at Callaway. I'm I'm sure his price has gone up a little bit the uh if buy they him. follow Twitter. Buy him. Wide receiver <laughs> top twenty. He's a dollar twenty three. Oh dude, that's you can't even buy like a good bag of Mike and Ikes for that much. There you go. Get him. Get him while you can. Well, if you like to make money on Prediction Strike, if you like to you make money on Thrive Fantasy, how about making some money with our friends at my bookie? Because listen, if you like easy money, thanks to my bookie and their lock of the season, if either team scores an NFL season opener, you win. A game hasn't ended at 0-0 since World War II, and this is a sure bet. Head to mybookie.ag, select a lock of the season, and any team scores between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you win. It's the best bet, one you can't lose. My bookie is also playing host to several exclusive contests, including their $100,000 super contest, and it only costs $10 to enter. There's big money on the line this season, so don't wait to get in the game and join now. Head to mybookie.ag today and use our promo code NERDS and instantly receive double your first deposit. That's double your funds to double your winnings. Again, that's promo code NERDS to receive double your first deposit and get started with mybookie today. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie if you're looking to get on a lot of action this year there's only one place to do it it's using our friends my bookie get double your deposit with that promo code nerds garrett are you ready for another hot take oh give me hot take number four or number seven depending on how you're counting it's my number your four. number four, so total number now five. this is one this is one i've kind of i went to back when i was picking my top 12 running backs okay. but i'm here at it again and that's jonathan taylor finishes outside of the top 12 and listen i know i think jonathan taylor is going to lead the colts and in the backfield and touches and snaps and all but i just i'm i don't know what it is about the colts offense this year like i'm just really worried like i'm very optimistic for michael pittman jr paris campbell but I mean, again, this comes down a little bit. I'm a little bit worried about Carson Wentz. I, I, I'm just wondering how it's going to hold up. And this is an offense right now that we've seen on Frank Wright. Like he has, he likes to utilize all of his backs. There's a reason they brought back Marlon back, Marlon Mack, and they have Naheem Hines there. And when it comes down to using all these different backs, if you put them all together, they usually get a little bit more touches than Jonathan Taylor, at least from last year. So right now, will Jonathan Taylor be more involved in the passing game? I'm a little bit worried with Naheem Hines being there, and I know they like Hines a lot, and I think he's on the last year of his deal, so they're going to utilize him as well. Uh, Carson Wentz, is is he going to be the same kind of quarterback that Phillip Rivers was, where Phillip Rivers literally just fed these running backs at a high, high ratio? Does Carson Wentz change that? Do they want to open the passing game a little bit, a little bit more? I think all of this confusion will possibly lower Jonathan Taylor's touch, touch count to something that we're not like we're all thinking like he's the guy he's gonna get all the touches i'm a little bit worried that it's not to be the case and i think that's gonna put him on the outside looking in from running back one uh purposes again how does clyde edwards alaire finish as a top five running back he's got to push people out jonathan taylor unfortunately might be just that guy it, it, it's a it's a very close situation for him but i think he finds himself almost like your joe mixon take a couple of years ago right on the outside <laughs> 
looking in. The targets are going to be there a little bit less. The receptions are going to be a little bit less. Phillip Rivers is in there. It's got me all worried. It's going to be JT on the outside. Uh, see, I I don't know that this is a 10, but I feel like it should be a 10 just because of how much I disagree. Uh, but I think absolutely Jonathan Taylor will. I, I don't see a situation where his touches, his total touches are lower than last year because the first half of the season, there were games where he he was almost the backup at times to to Naheem Hines. There was a there was a few games there where he was barely getting anything. He had like six rushes in one of the games. And I, I think he is going to be more closer to the guy we saw the last six games of the season than the guy we saw the first half of the season. And if he's closer to the second, I'm not saying he's going to be exactly that. But if he's closer to the guy that we saw the second half of the season, that means he'll have as many, if not more, touches than he had last year, and he's going to be more than effective with them. This is the bull. This is the bull British. I feel least confident. Well, you know what? Way. You're gonna. This might be the. This might be the boldest one now because this is playing off of your bold take here. You ready for this? Oh. Yeah, yeah. This is this is probably my hottest one. That's good. Let me can I, can I predict it? You can predict it. You're gonna say something funny about like Carson Wentz being like a top eight fantasy quarterback. Top ten quarterback, Carson Wentz. <laughs> That's right. Top ten quarterback. So hot, so bold. Look. Yeah, this is a ten. The only reason that this guy can't produce as a top end quarterback is because of injury. If he stays healthy, if he plays 14, 15, 16 games. I don't think there's a situation where he's not at least a top 13, 14 quarterback. I mean, he was he was quarterback 13 on a points-per-game basis last year on a dumpster fire of a team, like absolute dumpster fire, and that's including games that he finished. But that team was that, that team was terrible. The, most of the offensive line was hurt. He had no receivers to pass to. And the just the whole situation, his coach didn't really want him. Like, he's back with his coach that had him as a top six quarterback as a sophomore. Now you give him the best offensive line he's had in a while. You give him JT and Naheem Hines, Michael Pittman Jr., his young ascending star, hopefully eventually T.Y. Hilton. We don't know. But I think this is the best situation he's been in in a while. If he can stay healthy, which I get, is the toughest issue for him. But if he's able to do it, I would be shocked to not see him as a top 12 quarterback, but I'm even going to say top 10 for Carson Wentz. Yeah. Yeah. The big thing there you said is if, and it's kind of like, I feel like the Spartans replying back to Xerxes when he's like, you know, if we have to come in there and you don't lay down your weapons, if we have to come in there and we're going to kill you all. And he just replies back. If you know, like, yeah, Carson Wentz staying healthy a whole year. Yeah, I mean, he literally, that's never happened. Like literally it's just never happened. It's it's, I have a good as odd as finding like a, a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. With a bowl of Lucky Charms waiting for me, nonetheless. Uh, I do love Lucky Charms. You mentioned if they're going to win, they're going to rely on the run game. The, I love the receivers there. Like, okay, lo- I like the receivers there. Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hillen's already hurt. Jack Doyle at tight end. You know, like get, where 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 is all this production going to come from? Yeah, you know, like I just don't see where it's going to come from. This is the top. This is a ten uh, bull take for me because I have no possible way that Carson Wentz can squeeze himself into 12. I mean, he's not better than Baker Mayfield by a long shot. I mean, Baker Mayfield is probably going to score double his fantasy points. So Carson uh, Wentz has played all 16 games, all 16 regular season games twice, actually. When? 
and 2016. Fourth grade and ninth grade. 2016, his rookie season, he played all 16 games. And in 2019, he actually, people forget, he played the entire regular season. He got hurt in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, still big F. Big <laughs> F. Uh, th- those are those are made-up facts. Those are bold facts. I'm not buying those. Uh, I'll put those big in layaway. Maybe come back to them later if I want them. Uh, but yeah, I just don't know. I just don't see. I don't think he has the the weapons around him to to finish that high. Okay, I mean, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the assets he needs. And if he does, then the bold prediction would be like Michael Pittman's a wide receiver one. And for him to finish as a wide, top ten fantasy football receiver, he's got to have somebody he's going to throw the ball to. And that means like Michael Pittman Jr. is coming out with 110 receptions for 1400 yards almost. Well, you know what but, I mean, like but who be, is his? Justin Jefferson. When he was when he was quarterback thirteen last year, and this would only be three spots higher to make him top ten. When he was when he was quarterback thirteen last year, which weapon like went off for him last year? None of them. True. So True. I, these are you're stating you're stating facts, and I'm stating boldness. <laughs> I think this is boldly bad. All right, a little B and B. All right, not breaking bad. Boldly, boldly bad. bad. Uh, yeah, it's going where no rich will ever go. And I, I mean, I don't hate Carson Wentz. I don't think this is his year. I don't know. There's a lot of question marks there in Indy. I think Indy, they have a really good defense, and there's a lot of hype about him just banking on his offense. And I know he's in the, his back in his old system. It's just we need everything to go right. And for me, I think it all just comes down to Jonathan Taylor. Like, if they're going to be do well, it's got to be on Jonathan Taylor. Like, Carson Wentz doesn't – he doesn't scare me. And, again, there's a reason that – the Eagles let him go. Like they feel like he's broken, you know, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm with you on that where he is broken. He can't be right. saved, but you don't, you, it's real hard to make that decision. You know what I mean? And the Eagles are well-respected in their talent evaluation in Philadelphia. So to me, it's, it's, there's a lot of mystery involved and I'm not Scooby-Doo, so I can't solve it. You know, it, we're, <laughs> we'll find out though. I like it. Bold, very bold, bold. Garrett. There we go. All right, next one. You ready for uh, – is this my last one? I think this is the last one unless you want to do six. This is your last one. Okay. Okay, well, my next prediction is Stony Michelle finishes as a running back two, so top 24 fantasy football running back. He will have the most fantasy points out of that Rams backfield, which means he's going to outproduce Daryl Henderson. I think uh, Daryl Henderson's a nice back. I think he's somewhat limited. Uh, very explosive north-south runner. Uh, I think Sony Michelle is a, a very solid pass catcher running back. I mean, we kind of went into all these Sony Michelle stats. Sure. I think it was last week about why I like Sony Michelle, where his statistics are, how he's one of the better pass catcher running backs coming out uh, of that draft class. And that's the fact that James White held him back in the system and Bill Belichick held him back. He's He looked really good last year, averaging over five and seven, 5.7 yards per attempt. This year in, in training camp, he's been really healthy. Obviously, like Carson Wentz, health health is everything. But everybody's predicting this Rams offense to take a big leap forward, Matt Stafford at the helm, and to really open things up. And it's why I like Van Jefferson more than I like Deshaun Jackson. I think Van Jefferson's a nice little sneaky wide receiver three possible play out there for the Rams. So you can put that in bold predictions there too. We go. Lock him up as top 36 with his savvy route running. But a, a running back is going to have the benefit here. And if everybody's like super excited about Cam Akers finishes a running back one, that means if given the opportunity, you got to be, you got to be excited about another running back too. And I think Daryl Henderson gets banged up enough consistently that 
if one running back can stay healthy, obviously it's a big question mark for any running back, they're going to benefit from it. I think this is the year that Sony Michelle remedies all that hurt he's provided to all the owners that have taken him so high and listen to this podcast and hear me tote, tote how great he's, or not great, how good he's going to be this year. Hey, it's been four years, but give him this year. Okay, guys? Another one. I think Sony Michelle finally is worth a damn and finishes as a running back, too. You know what? Yeah, I, like I, I don't know if this is a compliment or not, but I think this is your least bold take of it, of all of them, because I think there could be some validity to it. I think Daryl Henderson, Henderson's a good back. Uh, I think he, we, we know that he is an explosive playmaker. But, you know, we, we talked about Carson Wentz being banged up all the time. I mean, Daryl Henderson, I feel like, is always on the injury report, always banged up. And, and that's at a position where you're asking for contact. Like, there is going to be contact every single play that you have. And so that's the tough part for him. I don't know that he has the build. I don't know that they want him to be an every down back. Now, Sonny Michelle's had some injury issues of his own. So, you know, hopefully the knees hold up. That's the biggest thing for Sonny Michelle. But I think they will use him between the tackles. They gave him enough time when they made the trade to get him up to speed. I think he's going to have at least a good comprehension of of most of the playbook. I'm not naive enough to believe he has it all memorized by now. But I think enough of it is is down that he can be used uh, effectively in week one. And then it's just, I think it's going to be somewhat of the hot hand approach. You know, Sony Michelle's having a good week. Let him go. Let him ride. Daryl Henderson's having a good week. Let him go. Let him ride. I think that's how it's going to go. And so if you think that Sony Michelle's going to have more of those weeks, then there's a chance that he sneaks in as an RB2. So I think this is probably your least bold, which also means I think it's the most likely. <laughs> nice. Give me, give me your final uh, bold prediction here. Uh, see, all right. Tell me. Tell me how, what kind of vibe are you feeling right now? Are you wanting me to go? Because I have a couple real spicy ones that I might want to save for the nerd herd, but I could end really strong here. So what what are you thinking here, Rich? Let's go. Uh, let's let's go out with a bang. Okay. Even though the next show is the bolder bolder show. Okay. Uh, give me the give me the give me the bold one. Drop it like it's hot. All right, Mister Robert Woods. Finishes as a top six wide receiver on the season. How bold is that, Rich? Uh, that's a seven and a half. Okay, I, f- I felt like it I was going to be pretty it. high. I could see it. He, I, I just think he's going to have one. Like he's got to have one finish where he's just like a monster. You know. Here, here's my biggest rationale uh, for for why I made this bold claim. There's a couple other little things, but. The biggest issue, I brought this up on a show probably two or three months ago, talking about him. Robert Woods' A dot last year, so where that's average depth of target, so where he's catching it in proportion to where the line of scrimmage is, was at 6.7 yards. That was one of the lowest in the NFL out of players that got at least 30 targets at their wide receiver position. One of the lowest in the NFL. However, in his season two years prior to that, when he had his huge breakout season and everybody was like, oh my gosh, Robert Woods finished as wide receiver 11. How did that happen? His A dot that year, how high do you think it was, Rich? Just guess. 12-5. Close. 11-4. 11-4 that year. So almost five yards more per, per reception in 2018 than it was 
in 2020. So I think with Jared Goff exiting the scene, Matthew Stafford entering the scene, and they need somebody because Cooper Cup is not that guy. And honestly, Van Jefferson's really not that guy either. So there'll be time, sure, that maybe they, for some reason, why they drafted Tutu Outwell, I don't know. Tutu Outwell will go deep on four wide receiver sets or the first two games before Deshaun Jackson gets injured, he'll go out on some four wide receiver sets and go deep. But I think when they're going to be uh, in their 11 personnel, which I think they'll run a decent amount of, and they'll run a lot of two wide receiver sets too, he'll be the one that's going to be the bigger deep threat between himself, uh, between him, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup. He's going to be the one to do that. I think he could explode this season, and we see a lot more big plays for him. But I still think he's going to retain the same target volume that he's had before. So same amount of targets, similar amount of receptions, just a lot bigger plays. Yeah, I actually love that, and it's one of the it's one of the things that I'm very excited for this season. You know, outside of all you know, my Cleveland Browns out here, uh, that that Matt. Stafford pairing with Sean McVay in that offense and how it's going to change that team. Uh, I'm not overly excited for Matt Stafford. I hope he does well. Um, but I'm really excited to see what happens with Robert Woods because he's somebody that we've been touting on this show for four years now, I think, straight yeah. about being a great value. And now his name is secured as like a, a, a very high-quality asset for your dynasty team. So I am. I, I would love to see him get one of those top seven finishes in his year. I would love to see him come out with 1,400 receiving yards to go along with seven touchdowns on, you know, a hundred receptions. So I'm very excited to see that. I, I, it's a hot take, but not too hot because I can envision because Robert Woods super talented, and if it goes the way everybody's been talking about here, then that could come to fruition pretty easily. Definitely for a guy who consistently stays healthy and a guy like Robert Woods. So I like that one. I like it all. I'm very excited. They were literally right around the oh, corner for the start of the 2021 NFL season, which kicks off our 2021 dynasty season. Of course, we'll be here along the way, like we are every single week, uh, to talk dynasty fantasy football, where the good buys are, where the good sells throughout the season. We're here to help you navigate this 2021 season so that if even if you're not a contender, you're making the right moves so that you will be a contender for years to come down the road. We have all that here in the podcast. And of course, DynastyNerds.com, we have all the tools and assets to help you navigate the 2021 season as well. In case my voice annoys you too much, we have other tools to help you get through this season as well at DynastyNerds.com. You got to check out the Dynasty GM. It's absolutely free right now. Just go ahead and try it out for three days. See how it can help you this season. I'm excited. It's going to be a very fun season. I hope all our dynasty players can stay healthy. And of course, I hope you all at the end of the year can be number one in your league and come over that most coveted thing possible. And that's the dynasty fantasy football championship. Cause again, this is why we play. We're not trying to get, this is not the time of the year. We're trying to acquire this, try to acquire that for the, for the, for half of us, at least we're here to win it all. That's the mindset we have, whatever it takes, what moves do I have to make to win the 2021 Dynasty Fantasy Football Championship. Now, if you're not in that boat and you're reloading and, and you're rebuilding, then you know where you stand. You make those moves necessary. We'll be here talking about those moves as well to make sure you're in a good position for years to come. But if you're not in that spot, you got to be all in. It's it's one thing we talk about slowly throughout the year, but I, I want to hammer that home yeah. again because it gets lost in translation sometimes with Dynasty about training for youth and training for draft picks or – I can't trade this player because I'm not getting a hundred percent fair return. It's not what it's about. 
It's about winning. You want to be taken advantage of, but you do want to win. Let's get into this 2021 season. Let's make some things happen, Garrett. Let's watch the Cleveland Browns win the Super Bowl. And let's win some Dynasty Fantasy Football Championships. Preach, brother. Preach. We'll be back next week. Adios.